This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to A Real Man Wood podcast with your host, me, Chris Liss, and your co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. I, uh, I did, I'm not going to lie, I brought it up to you in the XM segment earlier today, but I might as well bring it up again. Uh, I'm just basking in uh, finishing uh, number one overall, in, uh, apparently in uh, Fantasy Pros. They ranked all the industry experts, uh, which, uh, of course, you weren't involved in because you're not a, an expert, but all the industry guys uh, as far as draft rankings entering last year's NFL season. And uh, I somehow, some way, blind squirrel, finding a nut, finished number one overall. And uh, yeah, I've actually been get, surprisingly been getting a lot of praise. Uh, I, I've been in the, been doing this for almost a decade now or whatever, and I've done some cool things on video and whatnot and travel. But most of it, my family is pretty much ignored and not given a shit. But got some in-laws and all kinds of people on Facebook uh, that apparently has impressed some people. So I'm going to try to drag this on as long as I can, Liz. Well, you know, I'm glad some people are impressed by this because uh, you're not getting it on this podcast. In of fact, course. to of me, course. it says more about the contest than you. It <laughs> just shows that a nutless monkey could win that contest. A nutless monkey. Yeah, Brad Evans finished fourth. So, uh, two wait, of the I, wait let me shout Brad Yahoo. Evans finished fourth. I wanted to shout out to Brad Evans. It's an amazing job by Brad. Congratulations, Brad. Fourth out of about 150 people, all taking it very seriously. Brad, you're an excellent analyst. And I'm, I'm proud of you, man. That's great. Fourth, fourth place. That's awesome. But, but little respect for the person who finished, finished first, correct? All right. Well, thanks, Liz. I'd expect nothing less from you, but yeah. I, I, had, I had to say that. I, yeah. You know, I had to. Well, 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 I can. I'm sure I'll finish last this year. But uh, uh, anyway. I, I just want to make sure that nobody listening to this podcast tries to link the fact that I sent about five or $600 to you last year in football bets to your win in this uh, fantasy contest because the, the bets that I lost to you had nothing to do with those rankings. It was like you had a Lamar Miller. I had Adrian Peterson who was hurt in like week two. Lamar Miller sucked last year. You had Jeremy Hill who was horrible last year. I had Gio Bernard. He was hurt in like week four. Like literally like all the bets I lost to you were total garbage and had nothing to do with any sort of skill that you now profess to have based on your success in this contest. It's funny. I was out all day when uh, when that was announced, and uh, I came home and uh, that evening there were like, I had like 900 new Twitter followers, which is a lot for me. And I uh, now it's funny. I actually have like some pressure to like repeat, but you, you know as well as anyone, I don't know what I'm doing. It was just luck. So uh, well, it'll, some people are in for a, a major disappointment. But speaking of uh, beating you in bets, 
I'm kind of running away with the other friends and family. Not only am I beating you, but like I'm separating myself of first place. I'm, I'm 108.5 points. P&L has 94.5. That's 14 points. Uh, P&L can't win. He just doesn't have saves or pitching categories. So he, he pretty much can't win. He could finish second or third, but the way his team is structured, it's almost impossible for him to win. Yeah, so you've given me a hard time for being well ahead of the, uh, you know, the, the innings cap. But the thing is, you're gonna hurt your ratio is trying to catch up, and Already I have. have, and and in 946 innings, I have 981 Ks. So it's not like I like the, the volume is helping me in the K category. Like I'm my K rate is, is that's pretty difficult to do. So I'm pretty fired up about that, uh, just mainly because of our bet. And uh, I've, I've just I've made the fewest. Uh, moves in the league i have them uh, still 100 all 100 of my fab and what moves i have made have just really come through i i, I added this season in a 14 team league justin smoke scooter Jeanette, and um someone else i'm forgetting oh horado para recently so despite making machado my first round pick and vr my third round pick i'm uh, i'm looking pretty good so uh i i plan on get that paypal filled up fella yeah, I, I'm a little nervous about this. I just lost Kershaw, so that I thought I was going to catch you or at least have a chance, but I traded for Arenado. The, the other thing, I mean, if you look at it, my team, my first two picks were Miguel Cabrera and Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Luckily, I traded Bumgarner right before his injury, but I got Kershaw, who is now hurt, and then uh, in the trade, and I also had to give up my third-round pick, Kenley Jansen, in that trade to get him. And then some of my other picks, like Chris Davis with a C in like, the sixth round has been hurt and bad. But uh, I just need a Kershaw. I mean, I, you know, I already was light on pitching, and I just I don't think I'm going to – I'm just cobbling it together with, like, the Carlos Rodons and Carlos Rodon, Denelson Lamette, R.A. Dickey, Garrett Cole. You know, I just picked up Taiwan Walker with the rest of my fab. I mean, I'm just, I'm just grasping at straws right now. Yeah, I, draw, I, I was a guy who dropped Walker partially because I was, so, you know, so ahead in innings and I can just be particular in the matchups. But uh, hopefully he doesn't go off for you because that will really bother me because – I do like him. Um, Chris Sale has just been ridiculous for me. I mean, he leads the AL in innings pitched, strikeouts, ERA, whip. His uh, his WAR is six point six. The next highest in baseball is Altuve at five point six. A whole entire one win more. I mean, would you vote Chris Sale for MVP? Let alone, I mean, forget Cy Young. Would you vote for him MVP right now? Yeah, I would. Yeah, especially in, in an inflated home run year. I mean, like Judge is having this great year, but. You know, it's it, relative to what's going on across the board. When Scooter Jeanette has like 18 home runs, you know, how, how much are judges 31? You know, it, it, you, have to, you have to normalize for, for, the, for the, the way the ball's been jumping out of the park. Yeah, and he's a lefty, and Fenway is an extreme hitter's part for especially right-handed batters. So it's like, it's pretty impressive doing that in the AL East. How are you doing in the overall main event? Uh, I was in the 80s last I checked. I can look it up again. Uh, maybe I'm in the 90s now. I lost Kershaw on that too, but weirdly... Uh. If anybody could afford to lose Kershaw, it was me. Because I've got Keiko coming back. I subbed in Gossman this week. He had six innings, eight strikeouts, no runs for his start. He's got a second start. And I've got on that same team Sonny Gray, Rich Hill, Alex Wood. Uh, I've got Trevor Cahill. Uh, I picked up Ari Dickey, who's been great for the last three, four weeks. I, I basically just have a loaded staff. Ivan Nova, Eduardo Rodriguez. That's a 15-team mixed league. So I lost Kershaw. I'm so first. I was first overall in whip and ERA out of 480 teams, and I was first in wins like a week ago. I'm probably like in the top three or four now in all those categories, like out of 480 teams. So if anybody could afford to lose Kershaw, it was me, especially for like three, four weeks. And if he comes back like September 1st, 
it's not going to hurt me that much. It'll hurt me a little in strikeouts because that I'm like top third, but I'm not like at the very top. I could actually use the strikeouts, but that, it's kind of weird that that's the, that's the category I need the most. And what's also weird is I was first in ERA and WHIP, but my three closers were Britton, Maurer, and Jim Johnson, all of whom have ERAs like in the fours, fives, and sixes. So like my closers were actively damaging my ERA, something that usually goes the other way, and yet I was first out of 480 teams in ERA and WHIP. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that sounds deep too. Yeah, I actually my home league I have both Cahill and Maurer, and that trade just was a killer. I mean Cahill going to the tougher league, and not not Petco. Actually, the Coffin uh, Stadium is pretty good park too. But going to, to the AL and Maurer obviously losing his closers job, so that that was a brutal trade. So. Yeah. Um, one quick thing, baseball, before we move on to uh, football, is you see the Nationals today hit a, what, back four straight homers, then an out, and then a fifth. Fifth, five homers in six batters, and all to the same pitcher. As we speak, they have, I believe, eight homers. And I think Joe Sheehan uh, tweeted out that the Major League record in 1987 was 10 in a game. So pretty crazy. Uh, I hope you guys stacked your, your nats in the, in the morning slate uh, on Thursday. So, you know, is Rob Manfred still denying that the ball is juiced? Is he still going with that line? Oh, we've tested the balls. There's absolutely nothing different about them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, doesn't uh, that have to hurt his credibility? Like, how does he with a straight face say anything publicly anymore? I mean, it's going to absolutely destroy the record, right? I mean, on, it's on pace to just but, annihilate it. But what, I mean, how does he walk that back? Like, he came out and denied anything was different about the balls. I mean, how do you trust that guy with anything he says anymore? You can't simple as that but like why would he just destroy his credibility just to, why not just admit it why not just say yeah the balls are a little bit different obviously uh, yeah i mean I, I guess i can see his reasoning for not saying that but you don't have to flat out unequivocally deny it either i mean, I mean it's, I, it's something's fundamentally elvis different. andrus has like 11 home runs already in july yeah. like it's just so obviously juiced it is just so obviously juiced i don't know just, everybody can just lie about everything it doesn't doesn't there's just no consequence anymore yeah, no, I definitely hear you. Um, before I actually have a couple, a uh, couple positions in fantasy football that I want to ask your opinion. Wait, I'm before we get to that, let's just come on. This gets so boring, right? I mean, I'm just so fucking sick of these podcasts and these radio shows that are like, blah 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 blah. Running back one, running back two, blah blah blah. This. So, so what do you want to talk about? Back. We'll get to that shit. We'll get a little stuff about that. But aren't you sick of that shit? I do a radio show, and sometimes it just because of what it is. It just is all about that. It's all about, well, you know, on third downs, I think he's going to come out and yield some carries to this guy. And then, you know, I think if he has a better year. And I, I find myself so bored talking about that stuff. Yeah, like, I hear you. And I know we like to make ours a little different. And I think part of the problem with you is that it, it's a long time to sit in an XM show a couple times a week for three hours long. I mean, four it, times it, a week. It's only yeah, two I, hours can, long. I can four times a week, three hours long. Two hours. It's only two hours now. Okay. Two, oh, it used to be three when I did. Yeah, um, it so I had a, I mean, that's a really long time and, and, and taking callers is, is, we don't take any calls. Okay. You don't do that anymore. Cause so, that so was two hours part. a day, four days a week, instead of three for three hours. And we switched that and we take just about no calls. Yeah. That, that was the worst part by far. So, um, anyway, I can see why you getting bored talking the same, you only talk about the same topic over and over so much. And it's kind of, you know, you can only speculate. I mean, there's no basketball, no hockey, uh, baseball, you know, just in the middle here and, and football still, you know, hasn't started six weeks away. So I, I got it. I understand what you're saying. Everybody's so you- saying the same fucking thing. I mean, honestly, it's the same fucking thing. Oh, Kenneth Dixon out for the year. Well, I would bump up Terrence West more than Danny Woodhead because Terrence West is really the early down guy that's going to benefit. Woodhead may get a few more. Rece- Everybody's saying the same fucking thing. It's obvious. It's fucking obvious. It's obvious, dude. 
99% of something happens in the NFL, what's the result? It's fucking obvious. All right, so what do you want to talk about right now? But do, you, do you not agree that most of that shit is just obvious? Sure, uh, player A gets hurt, player B gets bumped up. I, I got it. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I had, a, I, I had just a couple comparisons that I was struggling with my rankings, although – it's ironic that I were to ask you since I'm number one and you're, you know, you're nowhere to be found. But no, um, dude, let's I, just be clear. Let's just I, be clear. I did want your opinion on, on you. It. You lucked into something that I'm not even sure how that happened, but, and by the way, great job by Brad Evans, but, <laughs> uh, but I was not in that contest and I was not in that contest, not because I'm a coward and I am not a real man, you know, ah. because a real man doesn't give his rankings away for free to a rotowire competitor not exactly a competitor, but like quasi competitor. You don't give away your rank. We're not going to give them our rankings. You know, like it's like they don't pay you guys for that. In fact, they should be paying you guys at least 500 bucks, 1000 bucks a year to submit your rankings to them. I mean, they're, they're just, you know, they're basically like Facebook who are just like aggregating all your content and getting the benefit of it. They're not creating the content you guys are. So we don't submit because... It's sort of like, why would we just give them our rankings? Our rankings are behind a paywall. You know, it's like, we doesn't give away for free. So to some site that, it's not really a competitor. They do kind of a different thing, but that, that's why we don't do it. We don't, it's not we don't do it because, you know, we don't want to be in the competition. It'd be fine. Uh, the other thing, too, is I actually, I don't know how they score it, but I have been invited to other projections contests where I've just not entered, not because... I cared about the competition aspect, not because I cared about the giving it away because it would be behind a firewall and they, would just, they wouldn't show them, they would just score it. But because how do you score overall projections or rankings? Like, like for, for instance, like rankings may be a little better, but I've seen people win project, most ac- accurate projections contests that I'm like, yeah, you were more accurate like on average, but would using those projections as a draft sheet actually win you your league? couple things uh not to get too deep in the, into the weeds but it's definitely a symbiotic relationship with fantasy pros uh, specifically for me because they make my life so much easier i, I use uh, all of our yahoo rankings um collaboratively uh and they just they, they provide a service that makes it so much easier for right. me to put the rankings on on our league site without them it would actually be a nightmare for me so they they actually benefit me quite quite a bit just on a on a right but it's kind of like google yahoo all over again right like yahoo is like oh we'll outsource our search to google yahoo was the dominant platform you know 20 years ago and they're like you know this the search function this google company is really good at doing search let's let them handle the tech part of it that that, that makes life easier and now 20 years later google's taken over the world it, it is a pain to build it. They obviously do a good job with their display. Their engineers are good. But it's like, is that really a good trade-off? And, and secondly, uh, let me be clear. Their rating system is, is quite clearly flawless if they had me number one. <laughs> yeah, I feel you like it. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like with projections, it's like I don't want to have the most accurate on average projections, sort of the least deviation from the mean. Like you could grade projections on, okay, let's figure out what the answer is and figure out who deviated the least. But who gives a fuck if I am – a hundred picks off on a guy that you would never draft if you use my cheat sheet or 30 picks off. It doesn't matter. The point is you're never getting him because I'm 30 picks lower than everybody or a hundred picks lower than everybody. It doesn't matter how accurate I am. What matters is if the, if the guys that I'm pushing you to draft based on my projections going to win you the league and the guys that I'm pushing you not to draft based on my projection going to be good ones to avoid. That's just the bottom line. It doesn't really matter. Anything else is, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, I understand. It's it's totally different. It's like, it, I, it, do you rank Derrick Henry fifteenth running back because if Demarco Murray went down early, he could he'd be a top five back, 
or do you rank him 40th because, uh, you know, if, if Murray stays healthy, he's just simply not going to get the touches, whereas, you know, Woodhead is right in between there. He's not going to win your league for you, but I guess his floor is quite a bit higher. So, sure, I mean, you want to either rank safely or you want to rank aggressively and, 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 and aim for the picks that will win your league or make you look really bad in, the, in, in that rating system if things don't break right. I, I understand. Right. And, or, or let's just make it even more concrete. Like, let's say the average place that people rank Derrick Henry is 28 and you have him 20th what that means is if someone uses your rankings they're almost always going to be taking Derrick Henry in like the sixth round or whatever it is right. fifth round right? right they're almost always going to based on your rankings so if Derrick Henry if Murray gets hurt or sucks and Henry has a monster year like that was a massive massive win but like if you have Henry 45th and he's going 28 then you're basically crossing him off your list and if Henry is just sort of a backup all year and he's wasting a roster spot because no one wants to cut him just in case, then that's also like a good ranking. But it doesn't really matter if he finishes 43rd and you had him 45th or he finishes, you know, 35th and you have him 45th. The point is he was a waste of a spot and you, and you wisely steered people out of using a valuable middle round pick on him. And, and I just think like it's just really hard to have a grading system that takes that into account. I'm not trying to shit on your win, although I am sort of. But I, I, I'm just saying that like those projections contests... There were some that weren't fancy pros that, that were hidden. They didn't even get to see your rankings. It still didn't appeal to me because I just felt like I'm, I don't want to like make projections that I'm worried about, oh, this random guy's too low, or I've got to give this guy who gets, you know, there's scrubs who like just get, like, you know, let's say Tavon Austin or Robert Woods. Like, they'll probably get like a certain amount of targets and catches. Or there's guys like that. And that, like, if you just do straight projections and don't fudge a little bit, they're going to always be like your 55th receiver or something, you know, because you're going to be like, oh, I got to draft him. He's going to get targets. But if you're thinking, okay, it's a 12 team league, I don't give a shit about him. I just want a guy who, you know, like Kevin White, who you probably can't project for very much, but you're like, if this guy busts out, he could be huge. Maybe you can project Kevin White for something because he, he is a starter. But like, you get what I'm saying that I'd rather, you know, have Brashard Perriman than some dude like who's going to get 50 catches for. 600 yards and four touchdowns, and that's almost certainly what he's going to get. Like, I'm not using great examples, but my point is you, there's certain guys you can project for some safe amount, like Frank Gore. I, I have Frank Gore buried. I am not taking Frank Gore under any circumstances. There's just no ceiling there, and it doesn't matter if I project him higher than, like I would take Derrick Henry in a heartbeat over Frank Gore, even though if you said, will you bet who's going to have more yards at the end of the year, I think that would be a tough call. Yeah, I have Frank Gore ranked 48th on my running back. So do I. I think I may be even lower than you. I'm like, there's just no purpose in drafting him. And, and if, uh, you know, push came to shove, even forget the rank, I just think it's safer to do, to, you know, that's still pretty low. I really think it's a, I might take Robert Turbin over him. Straight up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really think I might. But uh, no, I get what you're saying as far as like Kevin White versus... I don't, forget forget even Jeremy Curley, even like Pierre Garcon. Like he only right. possesses so much upside. But in a PPR, Pierre Garcon, you know, in, in a standard, I agree. But in like a PPR, Pierre Garcon has something going for him. Yeah, right. But yeah. I, let me look well, at where I have Gore. I have Gore at, I bet I have him lower than you. This is 45. What did you say you have him at? 48. <laughs> oh, 48. man. Let me see PPR. I might have him even lower. I mean, he's 34. We're not talking like, oh, he's 32. He's 34 with a ridiculous workload. Man, I, I love the guy. A former 49er. Used to be a great blocker. Um, remarkably. 50, I've been 51 in PPR. So I have yeah. 45 and 51. Non-PPR, 45. Well, that's PPR, exactly the same because in my rankings, in my head, I, I split the difference. I just okay. treated it as 0.5. So we have, we have him in the same place. I have him, in PPR, I have him just behind Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Sure. And Jalen Rich- Richard. Yeah. 
No, he, it's, it's safe to say he's not going to end up on any of our teams. Okay, well, let me spin this off a topic we touched on earlier on the on the XM show. If you have a bad feeling about a player, how that affects, like, you have just total anecdotal evidence. There's no, nothing you can point to, like, oh, he's battling a hammy in training camp or anything like that. Seemingly 100% healthy, had a good year, and we actually have similar guys. You you, you brought up DeMarco Murray, and I, and I brought up Melvin Gordon. Just and for I some have people. Melvin Gordon, too. You know, Melvin Gordon... Those scrubs behind him, Brandon Oliver, and who are, I can't even remember who the other guy is. It was the Kenyon Barner. They suck. Melvin Gordon is going to be the third down back. He's going to be the goal line back. He's going to be the everything back. He's going to get 300 carries. He's going to get 50 catches minimum, and he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. Like, Melvin Gordon, if you told me he's playing 16 games, he's almost one of the big three. Like, he's almost right there with Zeke, Bell, and, and David Johnson. Do you disagree? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. So that's the compelling case for Melvin Gordon. But I just, just like you, I just think like that dude runs so hard. He's had a lot of injuries. They overwork him. They don't really have a good guy to spell him to take, take it easy. I just think he's going to get hurt. Yeah. And the other thing we took, so yes, I'm, I'm with you. I just have a, a weird feeling. I have to rank him, you know, relatively high because of the, because of that upside and what he did last year. But uh, so we both have bad feelings. And the other thing we touched upon also, like if we, if you rank independently, which I like to do originally, and then you notice that you're like. 25 spots different than the consensus uh and you let that noise get to you as the summer goes on a couple months you hear this and it it affects your uh it, it affects you right i mean i i know i'm guilty of this it's so funny because i told i i had this i was making this case saying i don't even want to know the adp i'd rather just make a mistake and take a guy two rounds early because i didn't know the adp than know the adp and then not even have my own rankings anymore because right. you start to see i hear guys saying I saw a poll on Twitter. Which of these fourth rounders do you like the best? Christian McCaffrey, blah, blah, blah. Although I've seen McCaffrey go in the third. But which of these fourth rounders do you like the best? And they ranked like four of them. And I'm like, what do you mean fourth rounders? How are these guys fourth rounders? You mean by ADP? Suddenly these guys become fourth rounders. They become third rounders. They become sixth rounders. They become middle rounders. Suddenly that's part of who they are. So when you look at the player, you're like, yeah, he's a pretty good middle rounder. I like him. Wait a second. What do you mean he's a middle rounder? That's not a fact about him. That's just the consensus about him. So now you, you've, you've already like closed the door to saying, maybe this guy's an early rounder. Maybe this guy's a third rounder, in my opinion. He's now a fourth rounder. So when you go to look to consider drafting him and it's round three, he's usually not even on your list. You're like, oh, maybe he'll come back to me in round four. But why? Maybe that's the guy you like best on the board. And then it becomes very hard to justify taking him in round three because he's known as a fourth rounder. Yeah. No, I hear you. And, and so I was advocating for, I almost don't even want to know ADP. Just let me do my own rankings and make my own mistakes. And then some other guys were like, that's dumb. It's weak to get, uh, to get swayed by ADP. You need to know ADP so you don't make it. I'm like, you think you're not swayed. You think that you're independent, but you're not. In fact, it's just factually not the case that you're independent. You know, why do people who live in the same area or same region have the same accents? Because they hear how other people are talking and inadvertently they start talking like that. If you go to different parts of the, you know, you go to the South, people have Southern accents. They're not, it's not because they're weak. It's because their ears are literally picking up that sound and their brain is reproducing it when they speak. Right. It's not like a choice that you have. You just start talking like that. I guess you could try to resist it, but it would take a great effort to resist sounding like the people who you live around. I think thoughts are very similar. There's actually been studies that if you hang around a bunch of fat people, you become fat, because that's just your point of reference. You hang out with a bunch of like, 
you know, health fanatics, you become healthier. It's just, it's just how it is. Sure, and sense. you hang out with a bunch of people who are telling you that this guy's a third-round pick and that's just what he is, you're going to start seeing that guy's a third-round pick. It's just very natural to do that. And you have to guard against that because you're never going to make a profit just doing what everyone else is going to do. And the best way that you individually can make a profit is by trusting your particular unique observations and judgments. And that's the only way you get better. So there's a real battle between what I think and what the kind of collective thoughts of the industry are and I see on Twitter and I see on websites and I see in my discussions and how to keep my brain, keep that firewall up. Otherwise, I'm going to start you know, living in London and having an English accent after 10 years. <laughs> uh, the people in the States should be so lucky. Um, all right. Well, so, I live in Lisbon, so. I know. I'll, uh, all right. I'll skip the specific player uh, comps. that I, I am curious. Your Say, make your player comps. No, I, 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 I have a couple other comps. People want to hear it. You just won the fucking thing. People, even though you and I know that's bullshit, people actually believe in that shit. Okay. All right. I'll run through them. Then I had a couple other things to jump before we go to black hole, but we, we still have some time. All right. So how, how are you ranking these two cam Newton versus Andrew luck? I keep flip flopping. I'm curious. Luck is my number four. Newton's my number five. Okay. That's exactly mine. Newton looks that even news came out today. He looks all determined and, uh, both coming off shoulder surgeries, but luck hasn't even uh, seemingly is far behind Newton. And, and someone actually went to me on Twitter and said, why, why did you rank Newton so high? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's in his prime. He was the unanimous number one fantasy QB last year. Uh, I mean, I guess he could have had Rogers, but certainly was no further than two. And he's two years removed from the MVP. Yeah. What, what, yeah, people think, people think Newton's going to stop running. And he probably should for his longevity, but I don't, I don't know. And so it's a very interesting question with McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel and all these guys. Is he going to check down when the play breaks down or when everyone's covered, or is he going to take off? And I kind of think for him and maybe for everybody on the team, it's better if he takes off because that's just who he is. And Cam Newton's average depth of target is down the field. He used to have Ted Ginn. He had Kelvin Benjamin. Those guys are not running short routes. Even Olsen runs kind of deep routes sometimes. These guys are not running dink and dunk. That's, he's the opposite of dink and dunk. And so to give him these other weapons, it's kind of weird, like, how it's going to work out. Yeah, they, his quote today said, talking about running, he has no plans to stop. He said, that's my edge. You're going to expect a lion not to roar? So I like to hear that. He's, I mean, he's been a premier goal line runner, still right. in his prime. And he showed up, uh, he, he said it was humbling last year. He showed up uh, in, in great shape. And yeah, you said he added McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel. Devin Funches could uh, emerge in year three. Benjamin, another year removed from uh, whatever, torn ACL. So I think the weapons are there. And I, I think Newton at five is as low as I'll go. I think it, you could argue even ahead of Luck. So I was surprised that that was seemingly an aggressive. Well, rank. you could argue ahead of Breeze. Breeze lost Brandon Cooks, his best receiver. They added Adrian Peterson, who, who knows? What if Peterson's good? They're going to hand it off. He has, offers nothing in the, in the passing game. And last year, almost nobody took Breeze over Newton. So what's the difference? Newton got more weapons. Newton's schedule reverts closer back to what he had in the 15-1 and one monster season. He had a really tough schedule last year. Yep. I agree. I, I think you could push Newton even to three if you really wanted to. It's just funny how people just – Newton is – he was the 11th QB off the board, I think, in Jeff's uh, – Jeff got him in the 11th round of the beef Jeff Erickson league last, last night. Yeah, and last year wasn't he getting taken in the first round in some leagues? I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, how, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. How quickly people forget. I know that's another great point that you bring up that I think is underrated. That I know it's tough to predict schedules uh, year to year. I get that. I understand. But I actually do like targeting uh, teams that really disappointed the year before. I mean, 
the Carolina's playing a last place schedule this year. And that's, that, that really does matter. It is a difference. Um, I'm going to skip a couple of the boringer ones because we have other stuff to talk about. So I'm going to skip the more boring ones and, and ask you to rank these three first round backs, uh, Ajayi, uh, Jordan Howard, and LaShawn McCoy. I'm going to say in the order that you just said. Oh, that's exactly how I have it. But I feel like I'm I'm different. I feel like a lot of people, most people have McCoy ahead of him. But I just feel like there's a lot more uh, tread on his tires. And he came into the league young, so he's, he's not like over 30, but a different coaching staff there. And I, I, there's been a criticism recently about Ajayi, how he how he's not doesn't have a great success rate. And he had a lot of his um, uh, his big numbers last year came on came on big plays and big games where he's almost like he's getting punished for having two 200 yard rushing games. Does that three. matter? To you? Three, three. Right, right. Does that matter? To How you many 200 yard rushing games were there last year in the NFL? Uh, did he have all three? There were four. OK, who was the other? Was it Gordon? No, who was it? No, uh, I can't remember, actually. But he but had three of the four. He had three of the four. That's what I do remember. Does that matter to you how he accumulated it? Because I've seen that as, as a recent criticism. Uh, I mean, it would be better if he had like 900-yard games instead of three 200-yard games. But uh, it's not really going to move me off him. I, I like the Gase offense. Tannehill got 7.7 YPA. Parker yep. looks like he might take a big leap. And they believe in Ajay. They, you know, he did those three 200-yard games in about 14 starts. Remember, Aaron Foster was starting early in the year. And then in the end, like Matt Moore was taken over for Ryan Tannehill. So yep. there were like 12 games where he was starting and he had Tannehill healthy. So three of them, a quarter of them, he had 200 yards. I, I just think, um, you know, he's a good player on, a, on a, what I think is going to be a pretty good offense. And he's got a good coach. And they like him. They believe in him. He broke a lot of tackles last year. I'm, I'm on board. Okay, me too. That offensive line could actually be a, a big strength if healthy, and I think Pouncey is looking good. And I, Howard is, isn't on a great team, obviously, but, boy, he, he passed the eye test, I'll tell you that much. I mean, maybe he runs too aggressively and could suffer injuries, but he looked fantastic. So, um, all right, there's no argument here. That, those are my four, five, and six McCoy, ranked okay, running so backs. McCoy and Gordon are kind of guys that I really don't want to draft. I just don't trust them. Yep. And then yep. in round two, it's Murray I don't trust. Gurley, I'm very agnostic about. I really have no idea what to make out of him, but I'm not against him. I just don't know. Uh, I kind of like him in the Newton argument, like, hey, we were taking this guy as the number two back last year. I mean, nothing's really changed. Uh, If anything, like, they got rid of Fisher, which is good. And then Lamar Miller's the other guy that I just will not draft. I just think where he's going, when someone takes him, I'm just, like, so relieved that I'm getting one pick closer to a guy I actually might want. Yeah, this is disgusting. We agree far too much. Uh, all those players you named and, and my two favorite breakout players, I know you like too, uh, John Brown and Devontae Parker. I, we both love them. And I have invented him. John Brown. You're, now, this is some group thing. You heard me say this too much. I've got John Brown literally in every draft I've, I've had. I take him, except in the Stopa, because yeah. Jeff started bidding him up knowing that I liked him. And then someone else yeah. got him for 14. I ended up getting Parker for 10. But I, I like Brown better than Parker right now because... I love Parker's upside, but I think Brown's floor is like a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Like I just feel like he's he's just the only guy there. Like Fitzgerald is a tight end. Fitzgerald runs nine yard routes and catches a lot of them. He's just sort of a tight end that gets a lot of targets. That's it. He is not an outside receiver anymore. He just he may line up outside, but he is running route he's running these short little routes. The guy that's the main outside receiver in Arizona is John Brown. And that is all they have. J.J. Nelson is a one-dimensional guy who weighs 150 pounds. I, I don't even know who's there. Jaron Brown? I don't, I don't know who. Yeah. To me, John Brown, if healthy, and that's the thing, but he's healthy now and he's strong right now. He's gained weight back to where he, where he was two years ago. 
it's a no-brainer. And he was compared to T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Harrison, very good receivers a couple years ago when he was coming up. And he had one year where he was sick, and he's no longer sick. Yeah, no, no uh, Michael Floyd. And uh, two years ago, he had the second most yards per target uh, in the NFL behind only Sammy Watkins. Um, yeah, I know. Still in his prime. I'm, I'm totally with you. You need Carson Palmer to stay healthy. And also, Devontae Parker. There's been a ton of puff pieces already. And then today, his first day of camp, quote unquote, coaches said he blew up. So uh, I'm excited about him as well. So it's, I need to reevaluate my rankings and reevaluate my life because we right now are, are far too, too similar thinking on these players. Well, you know, unlike you, who you try to boast about it every second you get and place so much stock in it, I did win last year's fantasy index poll. It's not 150 guys. It's more like, I want to say 40, something like that. But I actually came in first in that, which is the same thing, preseason rankings for the year. Right, cool. Yeah, no, I was in, in that one. That's, that's, you that's didn't even not... know about that, even though I found that out months ago? Because I in, might have. And in just, the scheme just of my life, in the scheme of my life, you know, that's like the 10,000th best thing I've ever done. But in your life, this is like top five. Right. Yeah. Oh, easily top five. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're selling that short, but, um, yes. all right. But before we get to what you want to talk about, I just want to talk about two things very, very quickly. You can just comment if you want, but, uh, I, I just find this absurd. The Kyrie Irving, uh, requesting a trade. Um, I mean, whatever to do what you want guy, but it, 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 he, it's the first time ever LeBron James didn't average the most shot attempts on his team last year when Irving did, he averaged more dribbling, I believe more time of possession, uh, I, he can walk into the finals every single year if he stays there, or at least one more year. I guess part of the argument could be that he he fears James leaving next year. But wouldn't that make him be the guy that he wanted? I mean, well, maybe he doesn't sh- want what you think he wants. You know, maybe he wants to get out of James' shadow, not handle the ball more. Maybe he's not wanting to be on a dream team. Maybe he's just wanting to be like the guy on his team. It doesn't matter who handles the ball more, takes more shots. LeBron could just stand there and, and yeah. play defense and rebound, and he'd still it would still be LeBron James' squad. His shoe sales are number two in the NBA. I don't know. So you you think it's you think it's fine and, and well, you understandable. I, I if you don't want to be there, you know, you may think LeBron's a dick. You may not like the smell of LeBron. Who knows? What, what I'm just saying is he he can do whatever he wants. But it, even just from a basketball standpoint, it might just be like he wants to be part of a team where there's not some overwhelming superstar that's going to get all the credit no matter what happens. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Let's move on. Uh, I know you don't watch the UFC, so I'll just quickly say this. There's a fantastic card Saturday night. It's the best one in, in a long time. John Jones is finally fighting again for the first time in 16 months. A rematch with Cormier, Tyrone Woodley, Cyborg, uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler. Uh, just just trust me, a real man w- w- would order this pay-per-view. It's going to be it's going to be good. Shit. Stuff. Fuck that shit. <laughs> no, Bring me some Bruce Lee. Bring me some of the guy in Ong Bak. Have you watched Ong Bak yet or not? I still have not. I know. Dude, it's, I, just Google it. Who cares? You don't have to watch the movie. Just Google Ong Bak fight scenes. Okay. All right. All right. Dude, bring me some Tony Jaw. Bring me some Bruce Lee. Karate kicks to the face. What? Google Ong Bak. I should have given you homework. I gave you the black hole video. I was going to say you did give me homework. I should have given you homework with the Ong Bak. I just assumed by now you had watched it. All right. Next. So awesome. The way that guy fights. Like, this so boring MMA. It's just a bunch of fucking ground and pound, get the arm bar. Yeah, you're insane. But um, all right, that, that'll be my homework for next week. But my homework for today was you sent me a couple YouTube clips. Karate kicks to the face, dude. If I don't see karate kick to the face, it's not MMA. It's not martial arts. It's fucking, it's just some sort of like hybrid wrestling with punching in the face. Yeah, John Jones, he doesn't know anything about martial arts at all. Anyway, um, so Bruce talk really about kicked the- that dude in the face real easy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> talk talk about your black holes here to, to finish this off here uh, with some interesting, definitely some interesting facts. I just, this, these videos, I mean, were you not mind blown when I showed you those videos? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I knew a couple facts. I always like to ask people if they realize, you know, like how many, um, how many, uh, how many earths do you think can fit in the sun? You know the answer to that? A million? Yeah, like 1.3 million. Yeah. And, and also this is a, another kind of funny quirk that people don't realize. It's, uh, the sun is the only star in our solar system. Did you know that? Obviously. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe that one was obvious. Okay. That, that one was, but a lot of <laughs> people are the star of the solar system. We'd have real problems. Yeah. Real problems. The other people don't, they're way off in the 1.3 million earths fitting into the sun. Well, no, and I, that could, was, I can understand someone not knowing that it was that many earths. Cause they're looking at, they're not looking at volume. They're looking at like radio, you know, they're looking at like just like area, but volume is a, a whole different thing, but yeah. not knowing there's only one star in the solar system. That's like some serious, that's like not knowing who the president is. Although, I don't know if it's that far, but, but I, I... Well, actually, you know what? If, you, if it was like President George H.W. Bush and you didn't know that, you thought it was Reagan still, right. I could see that. And this is before your time, obviously. But there's no way anyone could not know who the president is now. It's not really before my time, but... <laughs> there's no way someone could not know who the president right. is now. This is like the one time where the dumbest person in the world definitely knows who the president of the United States is. That, that's true. And it, so it was crazy just thinking about that Earth compared to the sun. And then it just kept showing how many you know, planets were bigger than the sun and, and how ridiculously big is the, I think they call it the red supergiant. Did you see that thing was, yeah. was ridiculous. Think about, it's like a billion suns could fit in that thing and a million Earths could fit in the, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. that is a fucking beast of a star. Yeah, out of control. So, I mean, so you wanted, did you want to bring up anything specific here? Well, no, I, mean, I, I want to talk about the black holes. This is the sickest thing ever. First off, did you know that anything could be a black hole if it shrunk down to its uh, Schwarzschild or whatever it's called, Schwarzschild radius? Do you know what that means? No. So the Earth could be a black hole if it shrunk down to the size of a peanut. So if you had all the mass of the Earth, I'm talking about Mount Everest, all the water, it weighs a lot, the Earth. If the entirety of the Earth was compressed into the size of a peanut, it would become a black hole. For that much mass and that small of a space, the gravity would be so strong that anything that got near it would get sucked into it, into a black hole. Because that's what a black hole is. It's like an incredibly dense thing. Because gravity is just based on mass, right? So like, if you have something the size of the Earth that has the mass of the Earth, well, it has a lot of gravity. Things orbit around it, like the moon or our satellites. But it's not... You know, so, you know, it's not so heavy that it compresses everything on the Earth into a tiny speck. It's still big enough that the gravity's not that strong. So if the Earth were the size of a peanut, a peanut shell, like a, you know, it would be a black hole. So they're, they're, they, cut, they start with that premise. They're saying for the sun to be a black hole, it would have to be the size of a small town. If the sun were the size of, like, where you live. Where do you live? I live in Patterson, California. If the sun were the size of Patterson, it would become a black hole. Okay. Then they show that there's one black hole the size of Mars. Again, remember, the sun would compress to a small city. The black hole the size of Mars weighs as much as a thousand suns. And then there's a supermassive black hole in the, you know, somewhere. I forget where they say where it is. And it's like way bigger than our solar system, right? So think about a peanut would be Earth. A small city would be the sun. This one's bigger than our, way bigger than our solar system. And it weighs as much as 20 billion suns. That thing is a fucking, if, you know, you put your toe in that thing, dude, you're not, you're not coming back. <laughs> no, it, it was crazy. I mean, what, so like Stephen Hawking, I think predicted, like we need to find another place to live within the next century. 
but all this talk about inhabiting like Mars, it, it's kind of ludicrous, right? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think you should be the first one. I think you should go soon. I, I, I think this, it's ex, an expensive trip there right now, but people are signing up. People you got to get a good spacesuit. It's cold. You know, it's cold. It's a little cold. Yeah, a little bit different uh, conditions it's there. It's hard. You need a good oxygen supply. There's a couple things you need. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, everyone saw the Martian. You know, they know, they know what it's like. The yeah. thing is... Uh, I don't know about that, you know. I mean, that dude's not that smart. Um, the, the, so what happens to the other side of a black hole, right? I mean, that shit gets condensed to, like, infinity density, right? Everything that gets sucked in there goes to that bottom point, to that infinitesimally small point that gets just denser and denser and denser. It's a singularity at the bottom. But you know what also is a singularity? That, like, infinitely dense, infinitely hot, infinitely small point. You know what else is that? What? The Big Bang came from that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Right? That's the theory, right? This, we're in this infinitely dense, infinitely small point. Everything exploded out and created our whole universe. So a lot of people think that the other side of a black hole is the birth of a new universe. So what, I mean, the obvious question here is this, like, if you just look at that and to see how ridiculously large this stuff is, I mean, it's just, it goes without saying that there have got to be other forms of life, right? Yeah. Yeah, although when they listen to this podcast and hear about how cowardly you are, they may rethink, they may rethink, and, and that's it. They may commit suicide. Yeah. All I know is that I, I, I just want to stay as far away from Uranus as possible. That's all I know. That's a good one. That's a genius one. Yeah, too soon. Is that uh, all, Liz? No. I, no, don't worry. I've got another theory. It's all right. I don't have to go into it. It's, too, it's, it's, not, it's not blowing your mind. Your, your, your mind is not, you're, you're, you're too limited. I have another theory, but I don't want to even. Go I'm for it. Waste, do it. Go it. Go. We've got a couple minutes. Go for it. Right. Did you see Animal House? Yeah, it's in college. It's been a while, but yes, I, I, okay. of course, it's a classic. Yes, so there's fun. one scene where uh, the students are smoking a J with Donald Sutherland. Okay. And, um, and it's really funny because they're, they're like, oh, you just finished your book. It must be amazing. And he said, piece of shit. Right. <laughs> and it's like really funny because they're like, so like they think this guy's like the greatest dude ever and they're getting baked with him. And they're talking about how the, you know, an atom is shaped like the universe and how th- an atom in your thumb might be an entire universe, an entire mini universe. And then he said, and yeah, and maybe, you know, our whole universe is the atom in the thumb of some giant being. But my theory is that not only are there universes and the atoms in your thumb, but inside those universes are people with thumbs, and inside those atoms is our universe. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Simultaneously. It's not that ours is bigger or smaller. Theirs is contained in ours, and ours is contained in theirs. My mind is blown. All right, that's all I got to say. That's, all right. that, that's the actual truth. And, and all right. I'll, you can take it to the bank.